Welcome to the Hopecast. We're glad you're joining us this week. Here we have conversations about finding life. and I'm joined by David P. Dwight. I always appreciate that you welcome me to the Hopecast. <laughs> I like to it makes me you. feel appreciated. Well, also, I, feel, I imagine in my mind that all of our listeners are walking in and sitting down, and then we're all like, hey, we're all here. But they can't introduce themselves because this isn't a two-way radio. Although, I don't know if you've ever... It's not I a two-way radio. It's not, it's not <laughs> a two-way two conversation. I, but when I, I can listen to a podcast, and I really feel like I'm having a conversation with the person who's yeah, talking. Yeah, we've talked so. about that before, and somebody... Um, told me yesterday that they listen to it and they do feel like they're sitting down and having a conversation. And I think that's great. That's very much the, the hope and the heart of it. Yeah. And I think in the spirit of our culture, sometimes life is really busy and transactional and getting to feel like you've got a moment and space where you're invited to a conversation, hopefully is just really helpful. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to eat my peanut M&Ms on our podcast. Well, that's if really you can hear them, I'm revealing the conversation. We're a snack, and I don't want you to hear me. If it sounds like Nicole's crunching Rice Krispies, you know that peanut, she's chewing love, a peanut M&M. I truly love peanut M&Ms. What's your road trip food? What's your Well, hold on for a moment. Wouldn't podcast protocol say, like, chewing on the air <laughs> is not really the way to go? That's why I let everybody know. We're just making this friendly. I just, yes, it's a casual day. I just, yes. And also it was, it was beckoning me. I had to eat that last one of course. and we had already started. So it was calling your name. What is your road trip? Do you have a road trip food? Like, I mean, health aside, if you're like going to be on a road trip, let's say six to eight hours in the car, is there like a food that you like to have with you or a drink? I can't say I really do. Um, I might occasionally pick up a Diet Coke and, uh, fountain but or bottle or can. Probably a bottle, maybe a can, um, but road trip food, I, I don't, I wouldn't say that I really have one. If I wanted like a little, uh, like I don't, I don't like eat a lot of candy kind of stuff, mm -hmm. but if you're in that section, I'd go with a peppermint patty. Interesting. Peppermint patty is not in the, uh. The scope of things that my family puts in the car on a road trip. There's it's not exactly. Of, <laughs> I mean, a kid isn't going to love that. It's kind of, you know? yeah. It's kind of nice. It's not though. like Skittles so like, or M&M's. Kind, of kind of a mint. You yeah. know, it's kind of a nice, nice yeah. end to a meal. Yeah. <laughs> it's a dual well, purpose. I bet people are Candy? so excited that they have this new information. <laughs> So there you have What's it. yours? Peanut I mean, it begs the question. Peanut What's the road trip? That's why I was eating one. I had to say, peanut M&M is almost a meal in it of itself, in my opinion. It's got protein. You're going to start rationalizing <laughs> the nutrition. I knew this was going there. Listen, it's got protein in it. I'll just stick with it. It's got protein in it. Uh -huh. A little tiny bit of protein. Uh -huh. Yeah, no, but I do like peanut I have a I have a brother-in-law who's big on peanut M&M, so that's funny. Man, I really like them. So anyway, okay. that doesn't help anyone today, but um, except maybe make you hungry on yeah. your commute somewhere or not hungry make somebody reach for their m and <laughs> yeah, exactly all right so we're going to talk a little bit about leadership today we try to cover on the podcast some theological questions just sort of those big questions about god and sometimes some candy specifically dietary Bible, composition of candy. candy and leadership and um sometimes i think about what makes ministry leaders in any way uniquely wired to talk about leadership and I don't know if you want to answer that. I have an answer, but I'm not saying uniquely wired in the, in the way that they're more special than anyone else, but 
a lot of ministry leaders do talk a lot about leadership and I've got some thoughts, but do you, what do you well, think about that? You may be saying a lot of ministry leaders talk a lot about leadership because we're in ministry and those are the types of leaders we tend to want to listen to. <laughs> There's a lot of leaders in a lot of categories well, who talk a lot about leadership. I guess I mean it doesn't immediately come to mind that like if you're a pastor or a ministry right. leader, then you should have some voice in overall My guess leadership. would be that hope is uh, wired to be in a stream where leadership and organizational effectiveness and stuff like that is part of stuff that we like to try to pay attention to. Uh, churches are different. Not all churches would be wired that yeah. way. It's not better or worse. It's just different. I so. think too, I think part of it is also a response to the mandate of scripture, which really calls us to be intentional and influential with our lives. And we work, or at least in a larger church, you work with levels and layers of people who are all trying to be intentional with their influence from small mm -hmm. group leaders to hope kids leaders to people who lead other people who are doing that mm -hmm. kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So I think we are actually in a, in an environment where we experience lots of different levels of people influencing people. There are certain ways that, uh, people who are ministers, let's just use that term rather broadly. Um, their influence is, in a certain way. And I think people in church environments are listening to and watching ministry leaders in a way that can be a little bit different than the way we look at other leaders. Um, I think ministry leaders, it's possible that people are looking to them for um, guidance, for character, for uh, examples of good ways to live. Mm. And then, of course, there's things like uh, teaching and uh, how they teach the Bible and so on. I don't know that we're necessarily looking to a business leader for those things mm -hmm. in quite the same way. Mm -hmm. um, I, I know that we're not generally looking to a business leader for, you know, how do they teach the Bible. Um, so there are some unique elements I think they're unique elements to just about every broad category of leadership. Sure. So if you're a political leader, there are certain ways people are looking toward mm -hmm. political leaders. If you're a business leader, if you're a leader in arts or education or medicine mm. or ministry, there are probably some unique composition to the ways people are looking toward the leaders in those areas. And so we're talking a little bit about some of the ministry elements. Absolutely. So... <laughs> We have a, a vision and a heart and an intent to help develop leaders at Hope. That's part of what we feel like God's called us to do. And so we've got 18 summer interns that come in various stages of life, usually sometime in the college age, who are here. They've just started. But always in summer. Always in summer. <laughs> summer interns. And then we have Praxis residents that are year-long residents who work full-time at Hope, who are generally a couple steps ahead. They've either gone through college or seminary, and they're really stepping into ministry as their vocation. And they're wrapping up this week. So in the spirit of transitions, we thought that we might just give some practical tips on how to start well. And starting well can be about a new job. It can be a new season, sometimes a new part of our work that we're going to do. It might be in a volunteer capacity if you're taking on a new volunteer leadership role. But I think there are some elements of starting well that can get you going on the right foot, so to speak, um, in those first, let's say three months or so. 
And David, you've, your life's been full of new ventures, even though they've been mostly in the context of hope. But so we thought we might just share from our uh, shared experience about some ways to mess up and ways to, (laughs) ways to try to learn from mess ups and do something different. So, uh, you frame this up, uh, sort of with summer interns, but I think we're also talking about, let's say you're in a new job. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, you're, you're, 35 years old and you're in a new job, or, uh, let's say you're a new leader and you're coming into a sort of senior position Mm -hmm. in an organization or maybe the senior position in an organization. What are some good things to think about in terms of starting? Well, uh, some words that come to mind for me are, um, humility, uh, come, come with humility, ask questions, don't operate with too many assumptions, mm. but try to learn. Well, and here's the thing about an assumption. You don't know you have it unless you stop to ask yourself about it, because that's what makes it an, an assumption means right. I have an underlying belief that I'm engaging with. And a lot of times we operate, those operate subterranean, like we don't know necessarily until we actually take time to intentionally reflect on when I entered this room or this moment or this team what did I bring with me? I'd have right. to think about it because you generally won't realize that you have. Well, and with some experience, you also realize this team has a lot of history before I got mm-hmm. here. And if you're smart, you're going to pay attention. That's another one. I would just say mm-hmm. pay attention. Um, in general, I would put most of this under the heading of come to serve. Mm. If you come to serve, you're probably going to come with a certain amount of humility. You're coming to try to understand so you can acclimate in a healthy way with what's been here and what's Mm -hmm. been happening here before you got here. Mm -hmm. I know I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but it's coming to mind. Years ago, I was overseas in India, and I saw this little quote in a room on the campus of a seminary that said, be humble a lot was accomplished before you got here. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that that's a really, really helpful statement. Mm-hmm. Let's say you're, let's, I'm thinking of another scenario. Let's say you've become, you've been asked to serve on the board of an organization, mm-hmm. or you've been asked to become an elder or a deacon in your church. This idea of be humble, a lot was accomplished before you mm-hmm. got here is really helpful. And you know, you would come with a humility that says, my hope is to be able to serve and to make a positive contribution. Mm-hmm. That's very different than I'm here and you all owe me this or that, or, or I'm, I'm here, here to make an impact or- I'm here to make an impact. I'm going to change the world. I'm going to knock the world dead. Uh, I'm here and you all need to make me happy. Mm-hmm. I'm here and you all need to gratify my vision and my professional career. Um, So this idea of coming to serve, not to be served, I think is a really important one. And we had a conversation uh, last week. Our senior team on ministry here Mm -hmm. had a retreat day, and we talked about the priority order of of, uh, well-being. And we said the very first uh, interest is the well-being of the organization, Mm -hmm the organization's health and effectiveness for its mission. Then secondly, we said the well-being of our team, Mm -hmm. 
Thirdly was our own satisfaction. And that that's important. We talked about it intentionally last week. And I think that applies across the board. If you intentionally, that's an intentional choice to begin to filter whatever uh, right. choices, decisions, frustrations, uh, timelines through that first and foremost. And for some, that's going to mean sitting back a little bit for others. It's going to mean stepping up because I think in our personalities, we can have a tendency to either say that's not my problem or to make more things our problem than are. Um, right. So that's a way to kind of orient, especially the beginning. I just think if, if we filtered our interactions through that, my first, the first reason I'm here mm-hmm. is for the health and vitality of hope church. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's number one. Number two, I'm here for the health and the vitality of the team I mm-hmm. work with. Mm-hmm. Three is my own satisfaction yeah. and fulfillment. Um, we live in a day where it's possible that those things have gotten jumbled around. Uh, I do think in this area, some people might sort of describe me as a little bit old school. Um, but I, I look at it first starting with me, Hope Church does not exist for David Dwight's career fulfillment. Mm-hmm. David Dwight works here to serve the health and the well-being of Hope Church. Um, I believe that with 100% of my being. Yeah, and you can insert <clears throat> anything you're doing. The PTA does not exist for me to be the president of it. The This small group, this deacon team, this management group at my work, whatever. I mean, you can put this, you can put your name and your circle right into that. And it's a little jarring, I think, sometimes because people, it is an intentional choice to work to believe that in, as we talked about a couple podcasts ago, in a me-centered culture. Right. It's an intentional choice to work to believe that. Right. So if, uh, let's take an example, uh, because uh, uh, just a few minutes Mm -hmm. ago, I walked down our concourse. I saw all the summer, the brand new summer interns, they just started and they're all in the multi-purpose room working on something. Okay. Let's just say one of those summer interns came to me and said, um, David, uh, what should I do to be successful as a summer intern, Mm -hmm. to, to be like the best that is possible? I would say, come here to serve, Mm -hmm. be humble, ask questions, um, pay attention and, and, you know, and be willing to enter in and to mm-hmm. serve and to do that. The most, the, I mean, the macro phrase that's the elephant on the table right now is it's not about you. Right. It's about things that are more important than me. Um, I think the health, the vitality, the well-being, the effectiveness, the unity of Hope Church is a much more important thing than David Dwight. Mm. Um, and so... You know, these are the types of values. I think we're talking about values. <clears throat> what are the would, values you bring into yeah. it? And I would, I would say to, to add to that as a person who's, you know, been worked on every level kind of, and I'm younger in the process, the, um, the thought of earning your equity, meaning you, 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 you got to earn the equity that you have. It, it doesn't matter if you inherit a team on a senior level, there's still a heart factor where you have to earn the equity with people. You, you don't just get that because of authority and you certainly don't get it just because of a p- positioning. You get that from people 
knowing you and feeling like you have your honor on their team. So earning equity to me means knowing what your leader needs and trying to do that, communicating that way or helping in that way. It means when someone asks you to do something, you really do it really excellently because you want to be a servant to that goal. Mm -hmm. So the idea that you can earn equity over time, not because you're going to use it against people, but because it gives you the right to stretch your voice and learn more about your leadership, mm-hmm. uh, is a little bit lost, I think, in our culture right now. It feels yeah. like once I become an adult, everyone's an adult. So don't we all have the same equal footing? No. <laughs> and right. Oh, if I'm a manager now, doesn't that mean that everyone's going to listen to what I say? No. Like it, So learning that idea of the push and pull of earning the equity that you're going to need in order yeah. to help the organization be successful. Yeah. And I, uh, I can reflect on this myself, couple, couple lines of reflection. One is in the quote old days, uh, it was very normal that let's just say, um, the CEO of general motors in the quote old days started in the mailroom and was a mail mm. clerk and was walking and delivering mail around and got to know people all over the organization and then moved up to manage the mailroom. And then, you know, it's that kind of thing. You, you earn your way all the way through the organization. That kind of an environment is much rarer today. Mm. Um, so I also think this question of experience is, is fascinating Experience is a rather abstract concept, Mm -hmm. um, but it's massive in its significance. Now, it's harder to grasp that when you don't have it, (laughs) right? And so most people listening, I think, will remember something like this at some point in their life. I remember this a lot. Now, maybe this is just my personality, but I can remember when I was young and I would be interested in a certain job. And somebody would say, well, uh, we're looking for someone with more experience. Okay. Now, when I was young and didn't have the experience, my perspective was this way. Well, how am I going to get experience if nobody gives you the job? Right. Right. Or I'm reading the qualifications and I think I can, I am all those things or I can do all those things. Right. But it says, but we want someone with more experience. So without experience, you're like, wait, that's going to disqualify me Mm -hmm. from this job when I do feel like all the list of job requirements I could fulfill. And they're like, yes, but you don't have experience. Much younger, I'd have been very frustrated by that. Okay, but now I get it. Now that I've got uh, coming up on uh, in a couple of years, it'll be 30 years of life in ministry experience, not at Hope, but other places, but life in ministry experience, the stuff you learn, the stuff you pick up, mm-hmm. the way you you make judgment calls and discernments and have insights, the way you would lead, the choices you would make about what you're going to do and why and how, the way you're going to handle certain situations. Mm-hmm. You might have handled it this way years ago, but now you'd handle it this way. Mm-hmm. Hopefully the benefits of someone who is thoughtful about engaging with their experience means that um, many things go better because of the judgment and the discernment that you've picked up along the way than they might have gone if you didn't have that experience. Mm -hmm. So um, also as a leader, now with um, 28 years of experience, uh, there's so many things that are inside of you that give you a sense of how to handle certain situations where when you didn't have the experience, you were just like, 
totally thrown thrown off. You're just like, I have no idea right. what to do. There's still always going to be situations where you have no idea what sure. to do, but the experience is incredibly helpful. The other piece that I would say, because we started by talking about ministry life, ministry life, because of the way we interact with and care about people in a way that's a little bit different in our life in the church and in faith together, uh, means that a lot of times if we make a mistake, one fallout of it can be that it creates a painful situation for a person Mm -hmm. or a group of people. You can't always avoid that, but, um, in some other organizations where there's not as much personal emotional engagement with the nature Mm -hmm. of the organization, a mistake might mean, um, we, we forgot to put in an order and it'll be frustrating, but not personal in the same way that it can play out in ministry life. And so experience is really helpful when it comes to those places that, let's say they're sort of emotionally sensitive yeah. because of the way people and the personal and emotional nature of something may be in play. We're never going to always get it right. We want to be humble and prayerful and discerning, but things are complex. We're not always going to get it right, but experience helps you with that immensely. Well, and, and to kind of wrap up, I think part of that whole big element of how do you get experience when you don't have experience means you may have to take a role or a position that isn't the ideal, isn't the thing that feels like it's really going to be the thing and take it joyfully and learn from it because that might be an experience that adds to that ultimate place that you want to go. That um, I find I'm talking about that a lot with people in their mid to late twenties, which is, this is probably not going to be the ideal role that you will take right now, but in God's design, he will use that experience to get you to the right place. But there's just, it feels like, well, I'm supposed to arrive where I'm supposed to be like the minute I like get handed my college diploma and helping to say, no, what is it to, you have a lot to learn in that role. That is not your ideal place for the future that God has for you. So, yeah. And, and I think sometimes, um, somebody, I remember thinking this, somebody who's maybe in their twenties, early twenties, whatever, they might look at somebody in their sixties, um, and think, uh, incidentally, I'm not there yet. I don't know why I picked sixties, <laughs> but anyway, they might look at some, I'm, someone, much, I'm actually replaying older. in my own mind, a memory yeah. in my early twenties, somebody who was in their sixties. And I probably thought this person has no idea what it's like to feel like when you're in your early twenties. The fact of the matter is, I remember the career trajectory and those early 20s and all the way up very, very clearly. I remember them very well. And so do you. You can look back on when you were 22 and say, I remember it, I mean, crystal clear. So you do know, generally speaking, what it feels like. And you remember it and you've been through it. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Well, we hope that's helpful. Be humble. um, Be ready to gain that experience. Be excellent in that and come to serve. Flip those priorities upside down. First the organization, then my team, and then me. All right, you guys. We'll talk to you next week. Hopecast is a ministry of Hope Church in Richmond, Virginia. We're glad you joined us this week. If you'd like to learn more, you can find us online at www.hopecentral.com. Thank you.